The Takeaway is supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, advancing journalistic excellence in the digital age. More information about the Foundation's digital initiatives at knightfoundation.org. So the Takeaway begins in Iraq this morning. And uh, good morning, Lynn Scher, and for Celeste Headley. Morning, John. You know, uh, the president spoke to uh, disabled American veterans and uh, reminded them and insisted that, in fact, the U.S. drawdown in Iraq, we've been talking about it all week, is on schedule for the end of August. And they cheered him mightily when they heard that. And it ends an arc of history that's seven years old, beginning with the U.S. invasion of Iraq. But you could talk about the arc of history that began with the first Gulf War, that began with the ascension of Saddam Hussein to the presidency. Now he's gone uh, from Iraq. But there are also arcs of history that go back to deep within the Ottoman Empire. And the question is, when the U.S. forces leave Iraq, which arc of history is going to be most powerful there? In, in this part of the world, which, by the way, was carved up by the West before the, I mean, long after the original people were there. Well, we're not the historical experts here, but we certainly have them on the program this morning. Michael Gunter joins us, professor of political science at Tennessee Tech University, has published several scholarly books about Kurds and Kurdistan. Good morning, uh, Professor Gunter. Good morning. And we should remind people that Kurdistan was once a nation unto itself or a district, a province unto itself within the Ottoman Empire. Also joining us is Waria Salihi, who is chairman of the El Aman Microfinance Corporation, an NGO involved in reconstruction and funding small businesses in Iraq. He is an Iraqi Kurd. Waria, good morning. Just want to make sure that Waria is there. Well, Michael, let's begin with you. Uh, remind us of what Iraq used to be. Uh, three nations, not one, correct? Well, Iraq was, uh, what is today Iraq was uh, three different uh, provinces in the Ottoman Empire, artificially cobbled together by British imperialism at the end of World War One to serve Britain's oil interests. And uh, the, those three provinces were Kurdistan, Baghdad, and Basra in the south, right? Correct. And uh, Waria Salihi in uh, Kirkuk, Iraq, or Kurdistan, do you think of yourself as an Iraqi or as a citizen of something called Kurdistan today? Well, it's a very sensitive, but I, we are Iraqi, but I am a Kurd from Iraq. That's how I put it. And that sensitivity, does that become more or less sensitive when U.S. forces withdraw from Iraq by the end of uh, August? And uh, I guess we'll have some 50,000 troops there for a while afterwards. But uh, with the U.S. out, does this get more sensitive or less sensitive, Waria? Well, I don't know if it's more, but uh, I think we as a Kurd always want to be part of the Iraq and on which days. It's very stable and it's very well for business. And I think as a Iraqi, also we think the the leaving of the United States could create some problems and leave us again here fighting each other. And that's kind of scaring everybody, not only the Kurds, probably the Arabs as well. So uh, the takeaway there from Waria Salihi, who's on a, a difficult phone line there in Kirkuk, is more uh, identity with Iraq over the last seven years since the U.S. invasion, but uh, much more concern about the fighting resuming between the various factions within Iraq once the U.S. leaves. Michael Gunter, if the U.S. pulls out of Iraq, uh, are the forces inevitably devolving towards separation, or is there an Iraqi identity that will hold things together? Well, we're cautiously hopeful, yet I think things could fall apart very quickly as the... uh 
uh, Iraqi just uh, from uh, Kirkuk who just explained the Kurds and, and the uh, Baghdad cannot agree on their border right now. It's called the trigger line, and they cannot agree on the allocation of oil resources. And they've already had some uh, very close calls of, of fighting between the two. Uh, U.S. Army separated them. So when the U.S. Army pulls out, uh, we could see the thing fall apart very quickly. And uh, we've heard throughout this conflict, and even uh, during the first Gulf War, that uh, uh, the principle of the territorial integrity of Iraq is uppermost in the mind of U.S. policymakers. In whose interest is this territorial integrity of Iraq, Michael Gunter? I think that is largely in the supposed interest of the United States to maintain stability in the Middle East by keeping Iraq together. If Iraq divided up, the idea is that it would be unstable and would possibly influence Iran or Turkey to enter because those two countries uh, are dead set against any type of independent Kurdish state that might serve as a magnet to the Kurds living in Turkey or Iran. Uh, professor Michael Gunter is a professor of political science at Tennessee Tech University. Waria Salihi, I'm going to try you one more time here. Uh, in Kirkuk, What's the difference between an unstable fighting Iraq and a separated Iraq in terms of the stability of the Middle East? I don't know if we say separated Iraq. The current status is not really separated, but I can tell the difference between now and in the past. We are, we are much better off right now, in fact, the United States for doing so helping the Iraqis to become to this day if we had a lot of violence. But now, in terms of from business, people are afraid to do this. They don't have to be part of any party members or part of any groups. You can open your own business in Kirkuk, in Kurdistan, much better but in other parts of Iraq as well, and especially in Kirkuk. Okay. Uh, we are in a better situation, and there's a free market that you business and, so- uh, and do what they like to do. Things better off for the for the Kurds because Kurd, of the U.S. presence. Well um, uh, Michael Gunter, let me ask you: To what extent is oil a factor in in any determination of what happens in Kurdistan? Well, the oil is uh, very important, of course, and will determine uh, what the American policies are to a large extent. But I, I think there are a lot of other problems too. Uh, the Kurds themselves have problems. The role of the PKK. Turkish uh, rebel group that is ensconced in the mountains of uh, where the Iraqi Kurds live. And we have to also remember uh, showing how what an artificial state Iraq is. It's been five months nearly since the March elections, and we still don't have any government in Iraq. And that is certainly feeding instability. Uh, so the United States pressures the uh, Iraqis to uh, get a government going here. But... Uh, we're proving that it is a dysfunctional state by not being able able to even put together a government. Well, so we have a lot of problems besides just oil uh, in uh, what will happen when the United States leaves. So well, frankly, I'm not so sure the United States is going to leave. We're keeping 50,000 troops there. What what are they going to be doing? Well, that's going to be an open-ended commitment at this point. Michael Gunter, professor of political science at Tennessee Tech, and Waria Salihi is chairman of El Aman, an NGO involved in reconstruction in Iraq, talking about what happens to Iraq after the U.S. leaves. The drawdown ends at the end of August. There will still be troops in Iraq. What happens next?